Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open loops. Do you crave constant brain stimulation? Want to go on a head trip but lack a clear destination? What if there was a place you could always go? A theme park for intellectual escape. A place where you could expand your mind again and again and again. <laughs> I know a spot. It's a little podcast called Open Loops, Conversations That Bend. A late night talk show for your unconscious mind. I'm Greg Bornstein, your host and your master looper. That's right. This is a show where, along with many featured guests, we share mind-blowing insights about the topics that take us away from it all. Magic, art, hypnosis, secrets, psychology, spirituality, conspiracy, the supernatural, and who and what we really are. That's right. It's an exploratorium for those deep, dark recesses of your imagination. Let's dig. Let's go deep. And today, let's celebrate World Hypnotism Day. That's right. A bunch of marketers, I'm guessing, and occasional hypnotists, decided to coin January 4th as World Hypnotism Day. Now, I, I I don't actually know the origins of World Hypnotism Day. I just know that it's a great opportunity if you sell a hypnosis course uh, to promote it. But also, it's it's a good opportunity to promote hypnotism. You know what? Forget it. Forget my cynicism. Hypnotism is amazing. It's what got me to do this podcast because I believe that people need to explore their subconscious and unconscious more, and hypnotism is a direct path there. So, in the spirit of the great medleys of the world uh, and some of my favorite Simpsons episodes. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking about the clip shows. Uh, I put together some best of clips, some different perspectives from people who've been on the show to give us a wide framework of figuring out what hypnotism is. Because I have my ideas, and I've talked about them on previous episodes, but I'm always interested in delving deeper because this topic endlessly fascinates me it's about communicating it's about communicating communicating with the imagination and directing it imagination is infinite it's abundant and it's often much more interesting than what's going on in reality so i got some of my favorite moments from hypnosis interviews together and i'm presenting them to you 
so we can maybe paint a broader picture about what hypnosis is and what it isn't. I'm excited to share this with you. If you know anybody in your life that might want to learn a little bit more about the hypnotic arts, please share open loops conversations that bend with them. And just so there is a special surprise at the end of this episode, by the way, uh, featuring a master hypnotist, a uh, brief preview of an episode, just so you don't miss it, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, please uh, rate and leave a review. It, it always helps. Now, we're going to begin our hypnotic journey today with Lynn Louise, someone that I, I now consider a, a, a colleague and friend. She's awesome. Uh, from the Cosmic Valkyrie, she deals mainly with sexual assault. That's her uh in for a lot of people when when people seek her out she she comes from uh having experienced it herself and my gosh like if that is something that with conventional therapy takes years for a lot of people to get over and she works with people to not only transcend that through her process this cosmic valkyrie process that she's cultivated but also take you to levels of transformation that really go to higher dimensions. I I really loved having her on. It was one of the uh, probably like, like as we got towards a couple months back, uh, it, it was a very interesting episode. Not to mention the fact that if you listen to the episode, I believe it's called uh, executive producer, a shape shifting sorcerer. In addition to talking about her very unique style of hypnosis, we talked to her about this shaman that interferes with her dream time that is connected to, uh, well, perhaps the most well-known shaman in the culture. Uh, very interesting conversation. But in this clip, I ask Lynn, why doesn't direct suggestion work? Why can't you just be like, and now you don't have sexual trauma. I wanted her opinion about it. I wanted to know why she goes into regression. I think she gives a really great answer. I hope you enjoy. Like I once asked someone, why can't you just be like, and now whenever I snap my fingers, you're no longer a depressed person. Like, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, that's never going to work. It's a great suggestion, but it's just not. Why do you, in your experience with brain science, like, why can't a direct suggestion like that work? You oh, think? such a great question. So it's been proven that by the age of eight, we already have our belief system about ourselves and our, the world around us solid in our yeah. subconscious. And then we just go through, you know, life validating those beliefs. So this is very far back. Mm. And while so like sexual assault is not our fault, there is a certain here we're going woo too. Uh I hate the word woo. I like cosmic, but um <laughs> it's fine. So everything's energy, right? So we have a particular brain pattern and a brain wave frequency um that 
I totally believe predators can tap into and see, right? It's not just our behavior, it's our belief system. It's how mm -hmm. we, our subconscious is how we relate to the world a lot of the times and our habits. Um, so even though we didn't create that sexual assault, it definitely was a magnet to us because of our belief systems and our habits that we had around it and our behaviors. So there's a really, really strong foundation that has been built around our belief system for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And 97% of the population is walking around in the lowest level of thought, which is thinking. Mm -hmm. So they're just running on thinking all day on autopilot, which is yeah. letting your subconscious rule your world. Like it's just allowing shit to happen. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So bringing the first step that I think is really important for people to understand is that you need to become aware of your thoughts. Yeah. Because they're creating your air quote reality, right? This totally. three dimensional reality that you have. And they've been there for a long time talking to you for a very long time. When you become aware of those thoughts, you realize what they've been telling you and what you've been telling yourself and that critical thinker. And it's just gotten worse over the years, right? It doesn't get better when you're just running on autopilot. It gets worse. It talks smack to you all the time, talking you down. Yeah. So sure. like bringing your awareness to that, that's the first thing. Like you need to understand that your thoughts are an illusion. Like what's real is your ability to think. Therefore, you can choose the thoughts that you want, you get to think. And then that's really when you can start realizing how hypnosis can help you um, begin to 10X that experience and kind of uh, reprogram some of those inner critic voices and whatnot. I do think direct suggestion helps with that. I mm. think I've done like inner critic um, guided hypnosis sessions in my membership where I take them through reprogramming those nasty snarky voices saying, oh, you're stupid or you're not smart. You know, you're not pretty enough. All of those voices yeah. and reprogramming them to powerful voices that I think direct su suggestions great for. Yeah. But resolving um, issues that were laid solid in your you know, primary years, you got to go back. Mm, mm. Thank you, Lynn. That was a great answer, right? Here's another direction. We're going to go in a completely different direction. Uh, the, the opposite of hypnotherapy for serious issues, making people experience drug states without actually taking drugs. Yes, it's possible with hypnosis. And one of the things when you're playing around with hypnosis early on is dealing with, does it work? That's something that happens. It comes up. Uh, I definitely experienced a lot of self-doubt. People in your life don't really, someone I was dating at the time definitely did not take me seriously when I tried to hypnotize them. But then you go out in public and you try this stuff. There was a time I went out to Washington Square Park probably talked about this in an earlier episode went out to washington square park right in greenwich village and 
walked up to somebody. I was just trying to test out hypnosis. I was a college student in NYU. Uh, I said, hey, I'm, uh, I'm practicing hypnosis, and would you like to be hypnotized? And I did a mini show in the park. Girl thought she saw Zac Efron, her arm levitated, and it was just because I had the boldness to test it out. My next guest, who was featured in the November 30th episode, How to Hallucinate Without Drugs, is Ajiro Paul, anointed. He is from Nigeria. In addition to uh, a wonderful conversation we had in this episode about healing his own blindness in one eye with the power of self-belief and hypnosis, he talks to me in this clip about him going out and testing and some of the various things he was able to do uh, in his bolder days when he didn't even use a formal induction, but he was still able to do some stuff, say sleep, and drop people into profound states where interesting hypnotic phenomena were possible. Love my friendship with Ajiro now and really uh, enjoy that this man is a, he plays around and he wasn't afraid to go out there and do it. I think it's a good lesson in any skill, the idea of practicing. <laughs> I started learning it, practicing it every single day. Like everything I'll see there, I'll, actually go out and test it because i'm very bold and I'm kind of ballsy and i could easily take risks and switch off my mind like just want to be curious about the experience not the outcome i don't care about outcome like not like i don't care about outcomes but you understand me i, I do i do you're not attached you're not attached the to the outcome yes 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 right i'm not attached to outcomes so i kind of like Anything I see, I literally test it with friends, family, colleagues, everybody. I go out to the streets. Hey, you want to see something cool? Check this out. I just try it out and I got really good, really fast. But the turning point for me was reality is plastic. The turning point was when I found Justin Trans. The turning point was also when I started to read uh, Dave Elman's work, Dave Elman, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I found out that anything and everything can cause hypnosis, I was like, whoa. So I could just say, ba, 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 sleep. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's amazing. And I, I started really doing these weird inductions where I'll just go up to people and say gibberish, nonsense, and say sleep afterwards. And, and you, uh, you see strangers total strangers like experiencing altered states of consciousness well that really worked for you like you actually went out and yeah. tried it like you would yeah. say gibberish and sleep and they would like go into a yeah wow yeah but not 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 like a hypnotic not not like the the average or the the, the basic kind of slumping over sometimes it might take weird forms like they might they may just roll their eyes backward and laugh and enter ecstasy like it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, a conventional type of sleep I was getting from people. I was getting different types of sleep. <laughs> some wow. would fall back. Some, some would enter ecstasy and start laughing with their eyes closed. It was crazy, bro. 
Wow. And and what did you like? That, that's so cool, man. That what what would happen after? Like, did people did you start like he, uh, helping people out with specific issues? Were you getting them to hallucinate? Like, what kind of things were you doing once you got them into the trance? I've done state? a lot of hallucinations. Wow. OK. OK. I've done a lot of hallucinations. I've done a lot of pain control work. I've done a lot of uh, mystical experiences. Yeah, I've given people a lot of mystical experiences. Yeah, there was even a time where I was kind of an atheist. <laughs> I became right. an atheist. I, I didn't believe in God, anything. And I started to hypnotize people out of their religion. Like I started what? to help people get rid of all religiousness. Wow. Yeah, I did that. Now, how do you do with, that's kind of weird. That, that's pretty out there, man. Like, did, did people, did people want to do that or like, like, or did you bring them back? Like, like, what did you, of uh, course, people just wanted to prove some, some, let me explain. Let me explain. So, so yeah, I want to ex understand. So some of them just wanted to prove me wrong. Like, bro, that wouldn't work on me and it'll work on most of them. And they'll be like, Hey. Now, after you did this, I kind of doubt myself. I kind of doubt my religion. While others would be like, hey, for you to actually do this, God doesn't exist. While others, it wouldn't work on some people. So it was kind of mixed, uh, mixed reactions. But I actually did that. And I think the video, uh, the video, David Barron has a version of it where he kind of uh, calls me out, like, not really calls me out, like, gives credit to me for the technique because I created a technique and David Byron put it on his YouTube channel. You could check it out. It's Whoa. actually there, but now I don't think it had, has much relevance to me except for my journey because I'm, I'm now back to spirituality. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. You have a technique for making people not believe in God for a second <laughs> or a couple minutes? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, my God. No, why, permanently, why? permanently. So wait a minute, you can make believers become atheists is what you're saying. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's a bold claim. That's a bold claim. But look, but I mean. I don't do it anymore. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's totally fine that you don't. I've never, uh, man, I must have miss, been missing some of David's videos. I'm going to have to look up this technique of yours. Not that I want to do it, but what always interests me, Jiro Paul, is how someone would yeah. do it and that's the thing even david's books he has the book mind control language patterns which he says these are unethical yeah. things to do to people like it is unethical to make somebody using subconscious language have self-doubt about their entire life and it absolutely is and it's really good to know about that stuff because there are actual sociopath narcissists out yes. there that are doing it to you all the time yeah. and they Very are honest. unconscious. Yes. They can do it. So, I mean, I always love learning about True. the techniques True. and um, it, it learn it, you so, know, I, I think it's so key. Um, I think politicians are very good at manipulating people into yeah. doing things that are not in their best interest. Thank you, Ijiro. Speaking of, questionable ethics and hypnosis the last episode i recorded how to hypnotize someone against their will for fun was with my hypnosis trainer my original trainer david Barron, and we go into something that i just want to showcase 
the possibilities of hypnosis and how it can genuinely do things that the public needs to know about. What am I speaking of specifically? Accelerated learning. Did you know that it's possible to go into a hypnotic state, trance, if you will, and mentally rehearse something that it would normally take months to do in under an hour? Say you wanted to learn how to paddle boat. Take someone into trance. Imagine they've practiced paddle boating for three months and then take them out. They will now have abilities that they didn't before. And they, because the subconscious mind doesn't track uh, time, they will be greatly, greatly enhanced their skills, all because they went into trance. Jeffrey Stevens, who was a mentor to David Barron and co-taught that first hypnosis seminar I did, created something called The Learning Place. It's a remarkable process. Here's David talking about it. For, for those that don't know, because this seemed like the most magical, mystical thing ever, what is The Learning Place? The, the learning place is a process that takes three days and it's me, the hypnotist, working with one person for three days. And essentially what we're doing is we're first creating a metaphor for learning. It's a place, it's a literal place you can imagine in your head in which all the information you have is, is categorized and organized and put into place and when you need the information it becomes available to you and again that's the easy part the, the the hard part is we're doing it in hypnosis and making it an automatic process so at any point at any point something becomes of of interest to you it seems of value at any point you you are exposed to information that you realize you could benefit from, it automatically gets processed through the learning place so that when you need it, it's right there. Uh, one, of, one of the stranger, more fascinating experiences I had with somebody was a, a fellow who came for me. He was from, um, from Brazil. Is it Brazil they speak Portuguese? I think it is, yes. He was from Brazil. He spoke English. He spoke Portuguese, he spoke French, but he wasn't able to, he didn't speak Spanish. And one of the things he wanted to learn was Spanish. And so he uh, required to bring some material. So he brought some uh, vocabulary material, which was uh, Portuguese to Spanish and uh, some cassette tapes and or DVDs rather. Mm. And I must have worked with them over the course of three days. I really did not work with him more than maybe three hours. Part of that, he was alone, just going over the vocabulary and things like that. And and there was a point where he said, you know, I, I, I think I'm pretty good with this. And so it was the third day. We went to the mall, and he went to buy some, some uh, sunglasses for his daughter, I think it was. And we asked for someone who was a Spanish speaker. And I was witnessing this. The entire conversation exchange took place in Spanish. And wow. there were no questions about it. And when it was all done, I said, you know, how I asked the person who was the, uh, the clerk, I asked, 
how long do you think this this person was had been studying Spanish? And he, she said, oh, maybe about six months. And no, it was about three hours. <laughs> so I was amazingly impressed. Uh, uh, and there are other stories like that. Jeff talks about some guy who bought an expensive German vehicle. Uh, and the thing is, it's a great vehicle, but whenever you need it, repaired you lose a lot of money so he spent a lot of money on a repair manual and he read it once and from that point forward he just he just knew exactly what to do with his vehicle whenever it needed repair that is remarkable are people are people still going to you for this process yeah i don't advertise it very much it's on it's uh on my uh on my website mindcontrolpublishing.com yeah, there's uh, a lot. Of, I'm looking at it's this right expensive. now. There's a lot of good stuff here still. It's I mean, fairly expensive. I mean, you, you, it's exhausting for me. I spend three days, all of my attention focused on this one person. So it's exhausting for me. But for the person going through it, it's like I get to be hypnotized for all this time. And it's really great for them. Um, but uh, it, I maybe do one or two of those a year. And again, it's not something I particularly market a lot. Some people have found out about it. And they, they contact me and we would do it. But when I first heard about this from Jeff, I thought the world needs this. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Why isn't this like in classrooms everywhere um, in the educational system? I mean, uh, I oh feel like ex accelerated yeah. learning was very hot for a little bit, um, mainly in like the later part of the 20th century, like 70s, 80s. And then, um, you know, like now it's kind of like a fringe thing, like photo reading and uh, stuff like yeah. that. I mean, is like... Does anybody care about like the power of the subconscious mind and learning? Because it seems like it's one of the most powerful resources we have. Well, yeah. Again, those those people who contact me, you know, they they realize it, it's again, it's five thousand dollars. It's expensive. So, but they're they're motivated learners. That's the great thing about it. Uh, one of my last clients, he was so awesome. He uh, he he's was Muslim. And when he grew up, you know, they talk about the prophets. Who, who's the most important prophet? And of course, you're supposed to say Muhammad. But he would always think that, no, it's Moses, because he had the, he was the one with all the knowledge. And so, yeah. And he, and he was a diligent student of just about anything that was important to him. So he was highly motivated. It was great working with him. Um, so, yeah, if we could institutionalize it and maybe have it something that, you know, we could get people younger and they're more able to be hypnotized and, and eager to be hypnotized and get better results faster, it would have an incredible impact. But uh, for the and time being, it's out there. I mean, if someone I was going to say to, hypnotic memory training, you can get it right here right. for, uh, you know, less than $200 on your website. Right. Yeah, that. That if, if someone wants to learn how to do this to other people, um, there there's that training there. It's a, it's the conversations that I had with Jeff Stevens over the course of maybe a, a couple of months are recorded and, and you can listen to them uh, and how what he taught me. And also there's a little workbook involved there. So that's that's available. Gosh, hypnosis is powerful, right? What if it was all just BS? What if it was all just suggestion and placebo? 
One of my guests, Jonathan Royal, I had him on. He talked a lot about his product, which, hey, it's comprehensive. I'll give you that. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with everything he has to say about hypnosis. And he comes down very, very strongly in the it's all placebo direction. But I had to ask him. I had to delve deeper into what's going on with placebo. And in the episode I did with him called There's No Such Thing as Hypnosis, he started laying the groundwork for a theory of mind control that still allowed hypnosis to be something that is all self-perpetuated, all in the mind, all in the state of the person. It's nothing special the hypnotist is doing. It's still on you. But he was still able to explain how that fits into a model of mind control. He gets into it uh, very thoroughly in the episode, but he gives you a little bit in this clip. Uh, I, I had a really interesting conversation with him. I wanted to delve into the nuances of his position, and he delivered. So here is the very controversial hypnotist, Jonathan Royal. Do you think there's any magical quality about placebo that people are tapping into? Well, the power of the raw mind, but they always had that power themselves. It's just that with our example we gave earlier yeah. of why people would relapse, for example, and why the whole process we went through as the therapist would then give them permission to change. Ultimately, people can. there's nothing hypnosis can do that a person can't do for themselves. Mm, I see. That's the same with any holistic medicine or complementary medicine. There's nothing that the person couldn't have done for themselves, ultimately. Yeah. Do you think, like, like say someone has PTSD? I mean, do you really think there is a... Because, yeah, I mean, Jonathan, like, if you look at what hypnotherapists talk about, they're always like, hypnotherapy is like the one session or multiple session solution to something that could be traumatic for years. And they had to see the hypnotist to do it. I mean, can you imagine a world where people could learn how to undo trauma like that themselves? Do you believe that's possible? Or does someone have to guide them through a process? It's fully possible if the individual believes it is. The trouble is most people, cognitive dissidents, would kick in and they would not be able to accept for themselves that just mm. making a decision, they could effectively metaphorically flick a switch in their mind or use a simple process like imagining going into a control room in their mind and finding the right switch for what they want to deal with and flicking it the right way. Um, they wouldn't accept that maybe consciously enough to allow it to happen at all levels including unconsciously, subconsciously, call it what you will. These are just labels and tags that someone's made up, their constructs. Um, so that will get in the way of them allowing it to happen. For the reasons yeah. we said before about the relapse. If the person truly believed enough, if enough authority figures in their life, if people were born, and this is the problem, if people were born into a world where from birth their parents told them and genuinely didn't just say it because they wanted to be good parents. They'd have to believe it so that they were transmitting the intent through body language, voice tone and everything, almost, yeah. almost feeling the energy to their child that you can overcome anything by using this technique in your mind. That as long as they transmitted that to their children, the children grew up, and as long as then the teachers that they're told to trust had the same consistent message. And then... Um, the people that they, as they get older, 
um, you know, politicians have the same message. And all the people that society go, authority figures, people of power, all gave the same consistent message that every individual on this planet has the same potential within the realms of common sense, obviously. Somebody with two legs missing is never going to win a marathon as fast as somebody with two legs. They right, may win a right. marathon in a wheelchair or with, um, you know, prosthetics, but there's a, there is going to be a cap to their capability with those. Unless it's an electric-powered wheelchair, it's unlikely they're going to complete the marathon as quick as somebody with two physical legs. There's an element of common sense got to come into this. But generally speaking, everyone has the same potential. The differences are whether or not they believe that and how their upbringing, Sick Mind Fraud talks about it, formative years, zero to seven, he have right. killed your father, fuck your mother thing, Sigmund Freud is. <laughs> um, but it is true, I believe, that that conditioning from zero to seven, I'd say it's probably more till from zero to puberty, actually, a little bit longer, uh, till it's totally cemented in. But if yeah. you were from birth told it's possible to flick this switch in your mind and you believed it, then people will believe that, especially if it was being confirmed by the teachers, their parents, their grandparents, the ones they trust, the ones they uh, are supposed to be authority figures. But no, we're born into a world where society, with the exception of our parents, if we're fortunate, who will tell us they love us uh, and that we're good and we could achieve things, although some people don't even have that, unfortunately, um, but generally, authority figures will often criticise. You must do better. You're not fulfilling your... Um, politicians will tell you you're not good enough or things are not possible. Teachers will. Um, we're brought into a world where authority figures are actually to be feared to some degree. Please don't do that. Yeah. The, the whole system is engineered uh, by governments. The word govern means to control, and meant means mind. Government means mind control. We're born into a world of mind control where the global elites oh fully boy. understand what I'm telling you, okay? And that is why they have, for example, in England, the government have a thing they call the behavioral nudge unit. Um, it's called the nudge unit for short, but it's the behavioral uh, department. And that's yeah. linked in with um, uh, a place called the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. Add, yeah, Tavistock, that's huge. Which stuff. when you investigate them, link back to the Tavistock Hospital, which links back to the MK Ultra mind control experiments that were done shortly after the war when Joseph Mengel, uh, who did the atrocities in Nazi Germany, was smuggled out of Germany to America with some others. That's not a conspiracy. The documents and proof and facts are out there now that he was uh, involved in MK Ultra and related um, other MK projects of trauma-based mind control. And here's a clip from the most open loops moment of them all. The moment where Tim Seitz, the happy hypnotist, brought on Lena Marie to channel a interdimensional alien from the future named Emily. Uh, that episode, which was the Open Loops Hypno Halloween special, was special to me not just because of the stunt, but also because it was a really interesting dive into the possibilities of hypnosis that are not just therapeutic. They're weird. 
they're fringe, they're out there, that, I mean, they, they involve interdimensional space aliens. This clip comes towards the end of the session where uh, Lena Marie is, her conscious mind is being occupied and Emily has come through. So Emily is still there. And Tim talks to me about, well, we, we just spoke about how trance is going to be better, the betterment of humanity, where we're all ascending towards a mutual collective global trance state, which I'm a huge fan of. But also, we speak about Tim's first experience going deep into hypnosis and and where it's brought him to and his explorations into the non-therapeutic side of things. You also hear the end of the session with Emily where Lena Marie wakes up again. So gives you a little sampling into a hypnosis session. Uh, really love Lena Marie for coming on and love Tim Sites, the happy hypnotist. He's going to be on another episode coming up soon. Here is Emily from the future. And this is the thing, Emily, I, I, I hope you'll agree with me, um, that I love about Tim is that, you know, so many hypnotists, I feel like, like the, the, the popular stuff about hypnosis isn't recreational. That's my big issue. When you're talking recreational trance, you're either talking about usually like stage hypnosis, hypnosis for entertainment, or you're talking about like, you know, like very set things, I guess you could call past life regression that um, or recreational would be like like erotic hypnosis, using it for um, that kind of thing. But like Tim and me, we're both like, hey, do you see how this technology can actually like help you go to other worlds like we're experiencing right now like tim you've always been interested in that that's the only thing i mean yeah it changes people's lives like it is a powerful force for change but it also is so much more than i feel like most hypnotists even allow their minds to tap into i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you two things that will probably blow your mind okay yeah, the first man. the first is I got into hypnosis to find a um, a cheaper way of getting high than weed. Um, wow, <laughs> that's so, fair. Um, I mean, I I'd used um, MJ for um, you know to help with my nerve condition I was born with, right? Um, but I said to myself, okay, this is a state of being. You know, when I when I use this I, this substance, I go into this state, and it's not the it's not the substance that's making my body that way. It's the way my body is reacting to that substance. So if I can have that reaction, I don't necessarily need the substance. Yes. You know, and that was what like kind of started me on the journey towards it. Now here's my second confession that will blow your mind, and I I, I dare you. <laughs> to to give me a similar confession if you if, if it's true you know for yourself oh gosh emily but, emily's laughing i'm nervous too emily <laughs> okay i um i faked it 
as far as going into trance. Like when I studied with Igor and I was in front of everyone and everything else, I was faking it. Okay. I wasn't really in trance. I was pretending. I was playing along. Okay. Yeah. About about two or three years into working with clients, I actually went into a trance. I actually like felt myself like, mm. whoa, I'm not in this room anymore. I'm somewhere else. I'm Mm-hmm. I feel this time shift. I feel this experience shift. I feel like a whole, like going into a dream and coming out again. You know what I mean? And had that true, like hypnotic experience. Okay. Yeah. Probably about like two or three years after I'm, I'm already started as a hypnotherapist. Okay. When was the first time you truly like honestly without a doubt felt hypnotized oh man i still don't know if i have truth be told okay that's i that's the truth that's the honest that's the real deal okay there was one guy ever that did something to me that suggested something was going on beyond like my own trying to convince myself it was happening but like even then um i that is like like the level of like what you're talking about experiencing phenomena like getting like negative hallucinations or um you know something like really like this is hypnosis i am in this and i am in this state or, or no, mm, i know state versus i in this you're in that place. world you're, you're in that place. I've never had that yet. I don't believe. Okay. Um, that's my quest then is to get you there. That's and, right. And um, we, what my, what I think we'll do is we'll use mirroring. So first I'll, we'll do a call together um, off the, off the radio, you know, off the air uh, where I'll take Lena um, to that, that space and through some phenomena and stuff like that. And then after I take her out, we'll do you. you Wait, is I mean? it because I'm scared? I, I'm getting scared right now. I'm a, I'm a little scared. I think maybe that's the answer. I'm sorry. I just lost because Lena is like freaking out. Why is Lena freaking out? Does she want to talk? You, you want to let her talk? She, she's just, um, as you said, um, you you want to let her um, experience some um, hallucinations and all that stuff. She's just like, oh my gosh, yeah! <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Right, and she wants to talk about about the riding the horse, which is a, a hallucination. Oh gosh. What, Emily? I can't talk- hear. I, I can't hear it anymore. What's wrong with the horse? <laughs> you, 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 Emily, um, I'm going to let me let me just count Emily down and then bring Lena back. OK, because Lena will tell you about the horse. OK, Emily, great. you OK with that? Yeah, it was amazing okay. meeting you, Emily. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It was great to meet you too. I hope to. I hope to keep this conversation going. Pay, send yeah. my regards to the royalty. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tell them to tell them to be a little less harsh. All right, you can talk to me. We're good friends now. You can tell me what's going to happen. Yeah, I I will uh, talk to them. <laughs> good, but don't get in trouble either. All right, great meeting you, Tim. Take it away. All right. Emily, uh, just close your eyes, take a deep breath and relax. You know, you've, you've been doing hypnosis since you were probably about 10 years old, I think. Three, two, one, deep sleep trance all the way down, all the way down, all the way down. You see the doorway, it's clear, you open it. You give Lena a hug and a kiss. Because you guys love each other a lot. And you let Emily, you let Lena walk through, and Emily, you go through the door. Lena, come back to us right now. I'm gonna count one to three, and you're gonna open your eyes on three. One, two, three. Open your eyes, Lena. How are you feeling? Good. Oh. Hi. Wow. Hi, Lena. I have since been reached out to by Lena Marie. Apparently, Emily, in this episode, she didn't give us a lot of answers about what was happening in the future. But Emily now wants to talk. So we're definitely going to have Emily on again, along with Tim, to learn more about what will happen to us. Um, you know, kind of hundreds of years from now, potentially. Um, that, that's the advantage of having interdimensional space aliens on the podcast. It's, you know what? You're getting news from all sources. Al Jazeera, the future on a different interdimensional plane. Uh, we, we open all different, vo we're, we're open to all different voices here. Uh, okay. Now to wrap it all up, I hope you've had a very hypnotic day so far. The mystery guest. Who is the mystery guest of this episode? Well, he is a master hypnotist. I've bought many of his courses. I'm a member of his online deep apprenticeship. And his interview is coming out in a couple of weeks. We're going to do a multiple part series about this. Here's a teaser it's a story. Uh, I, I asked this man, hey, look, you're you're the guy that can get people to be hypnotized without taking them into a formal hypnotic trance state. Can you do that all the time for people? And he told me a really interesting anecdote about making a woman visibly hallucinate without any formal trance induction. That's right. Here is a teaser clip of my upcoming interview with Master Hypnotist. James Tripp. I was talking about visual hallucination and I was talking about another time when I'd got a visual hallucination with somebody. And there was a, a girl there, I think she's about 20, 19, 20, and she'd come in to visit her brother because her brother was in London for this workshop and she was in London the rest of the time. She's just kind of ducked into the back of the workshop. She had no interest in hypnosis, didn't know anything about hypnosis, really. Uh, so she was a sort of an outsider, and she was sat there. 
just listening to me closing off and I was telling a story about hallucination. And as I told the story, I said, and I said to this person, I said, I said, what color, size and breed is that dog there? And I fully did it and I fully pointed. And I noticed as I pointed that this girl, her eyes went like saucers and her mouth dropped open, right? I wasn't even talking to her. I was just talking to the, the audience as a whole. Yeah. Right. Her eyes went like saucers and her mouth dropped open. And I saw it and I turned and I said, and what's just happened for you? Right. And she went, my God, there's a dog. Right. Uh, yeah. Just, I, I wasn't even trying to do anything. I just kind of went into I, I was acting as if, like I was reenacting a time before when I'd done it. Um, you know, and she obviously bought in enough to the fact that I was a hypnotist. And she obviously had enough kind of latent capacity to hallucinate readily. Nobody else in the room, by the way, just her. There's like 20 people there, maybe yeah. more. Right, so just her. Now, if it was something I'd done specifically, if it was just about what I'd done, everyone in the room would have seen the dog, right? But uh -huh. only she saw the dog. Now she was not accustomed to seeing dogs randomly. So if it was just about her and she randomly hallucinated, she would be randomly hallucinating the rest of the time or would have found nothing surprising about the situation. But there was an interaction between what I did then and there in that occasion and what she brought. And between the two of us, we created for her a dog hallucination, albeit unintentionally, right? So there's always two sides, and hypnosis is always a co-creation like mm. this between you and the other person. Whether it's knowingly a co-creation or not, it's still a co-creation. I cannot control anybody to hallucinate anything. All I can ever do is set the conditions to make it as likely as I can possibly make it, according to my understanding of things. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, some on, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so you can get the rest of that interview, because James Tripp provides a mind-blowing series of interviews that I'm going to be dropping. And... My gosh, it not only changes your view of hypnosis, but of reality. And that's the goal here, to bend your reality so much that you're just forced to expand. We're all moving towards the ascension. And that's what World Hypnotism Day is really about. That's what Open Loops is about. My goal is to make the unconscious conscious. So, keep listening. That way we'll, we'll all go there. I'm Greg Bornstein. Happy World Hypnotism Day. I'm excited to continue the journey with all of you. Take care. Mm -hmm.